are you? A question that seems simple, (laughs) but so many of us often struggle with the answer. When you think about going for an interview and they say, tell us about yourself. Mm. So often you sit there going, "Mm, Mm. well, I'm from and I was born in and I have three siblings and two Mm. cats and a wife and a husband and a this and a that. Um, But oftentimes a question is really a lot deeper than that. It's about what are you about? What keeps you feeling alive what are you passionate about what are you here on this earth to do and to achieve and today i'm joined by a very special guest um who i have been watching from the sidelines for the longest time and um, i'm really really so excited to be able to have this conversation on the workplace revolution with me Sita Polani we're finally back <laughs> after a one year hiatus but here we are um so today i'm joined by the incredible Sese Tukomo Seibokwe um who has contributed immensely to the communication sector as a thought leader an entrepreneur a broadcaster an academic a champion of advocacy and a philanthropist Seseto has over 15 years of experience in the communication sector she is a seasoned strategic communication specialist with a deep passion for advocacy work her experience in the broadcasting space began in her teens as a shadow reporter and journalist for Jonic Communications the Herald in 2006 a presenter for Rhodes Music Radio and Kingfisher FM where she currently runs the PR and communications of local broadcaster Mpuma Kapa TV she serves as a board member of Over the Rainbow Fruits of Democracy and Black Management Forum Eastern Cape the common thread in the boards she has been elected to serve in is the intent to deepen democracy enhance social cohesion and uplift the socio-economic state of South Africans. Now that is a mouthful Sesetu and that seems to be a common thread with the guests the incredible women that I have on this podcast. Welcome to the Workplace Revolution. For having me Sesetu and I mean I have been following you for the longest time so I absolutely love and resonate so much with the work you do. um and i'm just so privileged to be here with you today thank you so so much so to kick us off who are you so say to um is a young girl from uh, the city of kailicha in utenake in the eastern cape uh i have been basically a port elizabethan or a kabekhian <laughs> and now that we have moved to kabekha um most of my life and i am just you know what i would believe um to be an advocate for change you know what i want to see i start with myself first so if i want to see the change in whatever cause i am a part of um i always want to start by changing myself first So I'd like to say that is who I am. <laughs> Now, you know, I I'm always interested when I hear the word advocacy. I mean, we're hearing it more and more now, you know. Um <clears throat> and certainly considering the state of society in South Africa and beyond mm. our borders, when you consider the state mm. of organizations, um more and more people are beginning to identify themselves as an advocate for something but what does advocacy mean for you 
And what is it that inspired you to add that as part of your identity and your, I guess, your work? So advocacy for me is to use my voice in my corner of the world in order to hold a space and to clear a path for someone who is coming behind me to have it a little bit easier. Um, so from my academic background, I did my BA in media and communications um, and did my honors in corporate communication at our local university um, and then went on to do so many things, um, but then ended up in the academic space where I was lecturing communications. And what I'd found is that um, there was the third year project that the students had to complete. And um, it was from a zero rand budget. And they had to basically implement the theories that we had taught um, throughout the year in order for them to achieve, you know, the, the outcomes. So you would find that um, in your white kind of um, events, the, the level and the stature of the event was just of a momentous uh, level where you would, it was literally almost like a carnival where um, there would be, you know, full on radio stations of bevans and all sorts of things. And then you would go to, you know, a predominantly black group um, and you would see that, you know, <sighs> Everything was just a struggle to get together. And when we do the, the evaluation, because we have to then do the monitoring and evaluation after the event to say, how, how, how did this happen the way it did? Or what happened? Or what didn't happen? Or what went wrong? Um, you would often find that, you know, the students would say, ma'am, you know, we really did reach out. We tried to send out the proposals. We did what we could. And this is the response we got. We got less than 20% of responses. We didn't have enough platforms to, you know, put ourselves on. And um, for, unfortunately for us, that kind of um, disadvantaged us. So now when you look as a lecturer, do you mark them down based on the fact that they did put in the effort, but the results were not yielding what they have done? Or do you just say that, you know, you should have tried a little bit harder? So I think advocacy there was when I decided to start Sisirukoma Communications, which was the PR agency, which is predominantly for Black-owned professionals. We find that there's over 20, 27% of um, students who are in the PR communications field that graduate, but only 3% get placed duly in a position that they deserve to be in. So you then find that uh, a lot of, of, of the graduates will either be placed in an administrative role or, you know, be placed in a role that's not really speaking to what they do. So when you find yourself um, in such a position, it makes you wonder, uh, do I really belong in the creative industry as a black woman? Do I really um, have a voice that needs to be heard? And the answer is absolutely yes. So being an advocate is to say, listen, your voice does count. It's not going to be easy. Um, we'll try our best to make sure that your voice is heard and that you never, ever, ever apologize for sharing who you are to share your narrative because your narrative might be something or the gateway that opens up to someone else 
um, being liberated or to someone else seeing their path as a path that is valid and that does bring about you know the necessary change so for me advocacy is 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 saying look we are going to do this i'm going to clear the path as best as i possibly can but i also need you to be accountable right here behind me and we do this and we cross over to the other side you know you raise such an important point um because so often when we have the conversation particularly within the context of south africa um, and talk about mm. its history and the fact that, you know, we've been a democratic country now for over two decades. Um, so things somehow should magically have changed. You know, there were these expectations that were communicated and promised to us as a country about what we can expect in terms of experience, mm. in terms of um, being seen as an equal, um, in terms of opportunities. Mm. But that's not the experience that we're having. And particularly as a black woman who is in business, what has that experience mm. been like for you? Because I know, you know, from when I was in corporate and now that I'm an entrepreneur myself, I have had firsthand experience of just how mm. complex the hurdles and barriers can be to try and be a service provider for a corporate, mm. regardless of your skills, mm. regardless of your experience and your ability to deliver. Um, but it's a lot easier for people who are fairer skinned or <laughs> of another yeah. gender to be able to have access mm. to those opportunities. Or even if you think about the value of the contracts that you might be able to secure, you know, you come Absolutely. in as a black person and there's only a certain teeny tiny little portion that they're willing to allocate as part of their enterprise mm. development. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then a, a, a white-owned agency or service provider has a huger chunk of that portion. So how have you mm. navigated being a black woman in business in a democratic South Africa? So um, that's actually such a brilliant question because that I think for the first two years of business was the struggle of my life, um, trying to pitch and knowing full well that even the prerequisites that have been set, um, you know, they kind of automatically kind of disqualify you without even, you know, giving you half a chance. So in that space, I, I, I then saw ways of creating my own spaces, um, creating um, flagship events, creating workshops, creating, um, you know, sort of things that I would then come up with a concept document, uh, request funding from, you know, uh, a corporate or from your uh, national funders, put the event together package it so that I can build the muscle because if I if I was constantly finding myself always being um, on the back end or in the back burner or part of the three percent uh, that we all have to kind of now split amongst this little uh, you know portion of 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 the ESD program um, I would never get to the level of you know your uh, boom towns or your Sachi and Sachis or whatever the case may be. Um, not that that is my end goal, but, you know, it's a place to kind of benchmark and say, how do they do what they do? Um, and what is it that they do to upskill themselves and to make sure that they are capacitated to have everything that they need 
to run that company the way it is being run. So by waiting for those opportunities, I found that yo, it's going to be a tough one here. Um, and to then collaborate with other entities and say, look, um, I'm a small black-owned PR agency. Um, I'd love to work with you to, you know, um, see how certain things are done. And surprisingly, some agencies are open to such um, by providing overflow work and, you know, going in for a day just to see how things work. Um, so, so navigating this journey, um, I think one of my mentors always say, yes, being a black woman in business, you work twice as hard for half the recognition. But um, I feel that as much as that may be the case in certain instances, it's part of the advocacy journey that um, you have to take, that you are opening the path, you are clearing the way, you're making it uh, better for the next PR person who's coming behind you to say, oh, okay, we've worked with SG Communications and you know there is a certain level of trust that's been, that's been established. So we can also then give, um, you know, as Z and G communications a chance. Mm -hmm. So um, it has been a very tough journey. It has thickened um, my skin in, in a way that I have never imagined. But the w first thing that I just decided not to do is to take anything personally. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know, you used to get so cut up. Well, I used to get so cut up when um, things didn't work out the way I, I, I had envisioned or I had hoped and you put you all in, 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 in preparing um, for a very big pitch and you meet all the criteria and you just don't get it because they just don't feel that you have the capacity. So um, by not taking personal offense to it, but taking the, the L's um, as, as, as the popular term is used to say, okay, well, how do I do better next time? And where do I now um, channel this energy in order to kind of make um, my, 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 my presence known and my brand to go a lot further? Mm. And one of the things that you briefly mentioned just now, which I want to actually talk about a bit, is how mm. often we, particularly in, in, in business, um, and this is an observation that I mm. have had, where we have people who, particularly black people who are entrepreneurs, they're starting their businesses, oftentimes being the first in their family to step into mm -hmm. the sphere of entrepreneurship. And you look at all of the personal internal pressure that they put on themselves as well as the societal pressure that exists and what ends up happening is mm. people focus a lot more on wanting to appear to be successful um yes. and then end up losing out on opportunities to actually be successful because they struggle with being able to get to a place of humility to be able to go to Sesetu and say listen I'm new to this. You've been in this. Can I learn from you? Can I observe mm. what you're mm. doing? So often it's difficult mm. for people to actually go and say, you know what? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, or I'm drowning. <laughs> or I thought this was a great idea, but I honestly don't know how to go about mm. it because they don't want to mm. appear to not know. Mm. There's this thing about mm. you have to you have to appear as though you know everything. You have the answers to everything. Mm. How were you yeah. able to navigate being in that space where you recognized that, you know what, I need help and I'm going to go and ask for that help? 
Um, I think um, there was there was a very powerful um, quote that I heard at at a lecture that was done by Lincoln Marley, and he said, "You need to stay true to the course and the cause." So when you stay true to the course, right? You're an entrepreneur. Um, you've been in an academic space. You've been in in other agencies. You've been in different spaces, but you've never run your own business. Right. So as an entrepreneur, you need to stay the course. So when you are the director or the founder, you know, because that's just the that's the title that a lot of people want to have or to own and say, I am the founder of X, Y, Z and whatever, whatever, whatever. But what does that entail? What does being a founder and a director mean, especially in your first year of business when you can't afford overheads such as rental um, uh, you can't afford uh, staff. You might not even afford to pay yourself, actually, um, at times. So, so when you stay the course, it, 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 it requires an element of humility to say that I am new at this. This is what I'm skilled at. I know how to communicate. I know how to provide strategy. I'm also a good facilitator. I have an academic background. But then how do I run a day-to-day agency what does that look like what are the systems what are the processes and learning from other people reading from what um, those that have gone before us and to ask there's absolutely nothing wrong in asking um and it's so funny that you mentioned that um that you know there were so many pr agencies that kind of came up uh, uh very close to after i had launched mine in 2016 and uh one of the interviewers asked me, I was doing something for a small uh, magazine and they asked, so how do you feel about all this competition that's now come up, you know? And I said, I focus on doing better than I was doing yesterday, mm-hmm. you know? So if I look at where SGCOMS is, how am I going to improve SGCOMS for tomorrow? And how am I going to in- um, um, improve SGCOMS and do better than I did yesterday? It's not based on who is doing this and who's doing that and they are now, you know, being nominated for the Luries. That is great for them, and I'm really happy for them, but that's not my course. Mm-hmm. So when I stay the course and I stay the course and I remember the course, why am I doing what I'm doing? I'm doing it to rewrite the narrative for the black female. That is my cause, to say that, guys, we're not going to be um, promoting these adverts or looking at these, you know, dishwashing adverts or these big black mamas washing um the laundry outside and singing along. No one enjoys doing the laundry. Let's look at different concepts and let's look at different ways and let's look at different pictures of how to 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 celebrate uh, what it is to be a black mom or what it is to be a black female or to celebrate black excellence. Mm-hmm. So if I remember my cause, which is my why, and I stay my course and keep asking the questions, keep saying um, I I need to know better and keep learning because i mean um when i think about how technology has evolved in uh 2015 versus now so much has changed i mean now we've been introduced to chat gbt um you know which is a whole new world um of 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 technology and if we fight it or go against it we'll find ourselves in a very tricky situation mm-hmm. so for me um it's always been about learning. It's always been about growing and asking the questions and asking the how, the process, um, 
and how it is it, it is is it's done in order for me to improve mm. so if i understand my course in business and and my cause which is my why mm. then i think those are the two most important things forget the titles forget the the roles because i mean even as a director in your first year i was the one who was um doing the admin i was doing the finances i was invoicing i was quoting i was i was doing all of those things and then i still have to be the director so um it, you know if if i think about it i was more of the administrator or the <laughs> you know or not the, not the fancy um assumption or appeal of being this lady with a navy blue jacket um with my arms crossed in a corporate picture um that it, that's just that just was not what was happening in the business at the time mm. so um i think to just forget about the labels uh, forget about um trying to be this particular person and you know do the course do the actual work so that it can speak for itself and remember your cause why am i doing um what i'm doing mm. absolutely now we are you know kind of transitioning sort of out of a, mm. a a global health crisis right which flipped the whole world mm. upside down and the world is still kind of mm. not <laughs> the right side up um but we're yeah. also now kind of navigating that in the midst of a financial crisis and all of the strain that we're experiencing and particularly for small businesses, it was an incredibly challenging time. Um, if you mm. are an entrepreneur and your business is still in existence now, that is an incredible mm. achievement because so many businesses had to shut down because of the pandemic. What are some of the mm. key observations or lessons that you learned from that period and from your ability to still sustain your business that you believe will help carry you forward? Um, I think the first is definitely innovation. Mm. Um, you know, I think what COVID taught us was that you either pivot or you die. Mm. Um, you know, having been um, predominantly focused on doing large corporate events, when the event industry basically shut down, um, you had to then ask yourself, how on earth am I going to get out of this? Mm. Now, fortunately, because I had um, I had strengths in other places or I, had, I was skilled in other things, um, we then decided, you know what, I remember getting a phone call from one of my clients saying, look, Sisetu, um, we need to get onto social media. Uh, what is the thing that you're doing there on LinkedIn? Or what is the thing that you're doing for your company there? So I'm like, digital marketing, Ugh, you just post a few things, um, you have a few themes, you're consistent, um, you share your contact details. It's like, yeah, I want that, you know, do that for me. So we packaged a little thing. We didn't think it would be a, a, a sustainable thing, but for eight months, it's literally what kept our lights on. So we then swung into a digital marketing space. 
And, um, you know, I was saying to my team, I was like, guys, um, my, my capacity on technology is very limited. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not as young as I look. So please do what you need to do. Get onto the social media platforms. Let's see how we can optimize this um, opportunity and make sure that people's businesses, even though they might be closed physically, their online presence is still great. So from taking the, 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 um, the online, um, I mean, corporate events to the online digital marketing space, we managed to keep the business alive. We managed to pay salaries and also then look at online eventing. Mm -hmm. So we host a a flagship event called Imbogodo Rise, which is on the 9th of August every year. And venues were saying uh, capacity needs to be 50%. And we had already paid for a capacity venue that was, I think, about 250 people. Now, um, a certain portion of the returns was from the ticket sales. Mm -hmm. So if you are already capped at 50% of the ticket sales, then, you know, you're going to be in a little bit of a a pickle. Mm -hmm. And um, we then discovered live streaming, you know. Live streaming was just a very kind of concept that will people take a liking to it? Um, do they understand the concept? Um, will it feel like they are in with here with us? And we realized that as much as there were only 100 people in the venue, the reach was over 25,000 um, on actual views. So that then opened our, our minds to saying, you know what? we don't necessarily have to limit ourselves to where we are or to what we do. Why don't we take what we do and, you know, take it out to other places in the world? Um, I was part of a facilitation group um, for the Shanduka umbrellas, and we were not only focused on PE anymore because everything was online. So now you find yourself um, marketing and sharing and facilitating across different parts of Polokwane and, you know, parts of Strum and in the corners of places you would have never um, even thought of ever going to. Mm-hmm. But because of, you know, being agile and being innovative and saying, how do we, you know, maximize what we have and, you know, enhancing our other skill sets mm-hmm. or even um, being innovative um, and 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 looking at other ways of doing things that are that is unconventional in order for us to survive. So I think um, you know pivoting and being innovative was one of the greatest things because it also then kind of took you back to when when I started in business when you couldn't afford graphic designers and you couldn't afford this and you couldn't afford that. There was a lot of bartering involved mm. to say, hey, mentor me, please MC for me. Uh, for you know this for two hours and then I will you know create your logo and do this for you please you know so when you kind of um, are able to when find when you find yourself in that kind of situation to say let me innovate and let me work with what I've got um, and maximize it and find ways of tizing what I do or my skill sets um, I think that 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 was what kind of helped us um, get through and also more importantly is relationships um, especially in the service industry I think it is so important and it's so understated how important it is to have good working relationships with your suppliers with your stakeholders and with your staff to say guys this is the situation right now 
Um, I don't want to, you know, conceal anything. I want to be as transparent as we possibly can. Um, um, with our staff, are we able to pay you uh, less, uh, this percentage to your landlord? Listen, we are not making as much as we um, can. Can we work out another payment uh, negotiation to your suppliers, you know, that you've established relationships with to say, look, um, can we please work on a 90-day uh, repayment process because we don't have the cash flow at the moment. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the, the importance of relationships um, really also helped us cross over a lot of things because everyone understood the situation at the time um, because nothing was normal. And having developed and being, um, you know, having integrity mm -hmm. towards the people you work with, towards the people you work for, and towards the people who work for you, um, really showed good stead in times of, of real hardship. I absolutely love that. And, you know, just wrapping up our conversation, I think one of the things for me that really stands out um, about you, I guess from the essence of you that I really pick up, is around the your, your commitment, your conscious commitment to leaning into everything. Lean into the discomfort, mm. lean into the change, mm. lean into the authenticity, lean into the relationships, lean into the unknown. So when, when, when asking yourself, am I a master at what I do? Um, not entirely. Am I the best? Maybe not. Um, but if I take pride in what I do, I'll definitely be standing heads above the rest. So pride is an acronym um, that is five letters. Uh, P stands for personal, personal responsibility in delivering excellence. Mm. So if you are intentional about delivering to the best of your ability, then that is what you should possibly do. Um, and to close off, um, sorry, I've got an income call there, with um, a quote by one of my favorite um, Nigerian novelists, Chinua Achebe. Um, she says, until the lion learns how to write, the story will always glorify the hunter. If we are not intentional about creating our own narratives as black women in South Africa um, and not intentional about embracing other people's, um, other women's narratives in South Africa, then um, we will always have images portrayed of us that are not uh, necessarily true that are not serving us to our highest self and that will not um, give us the, the accolades and the glory and the, and, and, and the recognition that we deserve. Mm -hmm. So being intentional about creating a narrative is not just something um, a social influence, a social media influencer should do. It's something we should do in our everyday um, workplace mm -hmm. to say, wow, yeah, I love the work that you're doing. You're amazing at what you do. Keep doing what you're doing and um, keep doing that to other women and other women keep doing that to you. Mm -hmm. So I think that we need to also be very intentional about the narratives that we portray of ourselves and which narratives we, we, we promote about other people. Mm. I absolutely love that. For anybody who would love to connect with you digitally, where can they find you? Yes. Across all social media platforms, um, on Instagram, I am uh, sysg underscore gs. 
But if you'd like to know more about SG Communications, um, our agency and what we do, please go on to SG underscore comms. That's SG underscore C-O-M-M-S. Um, on LinkedIn, I'm Siseto Komose Bokwe. Um, we also have a social media page for the company, which is SG Comms. Facebook, Siseto Komose Bokwe. Um, and SG Comms on Facebook. Um, I'm not really big on Twitter. I'm just, uh, my heart just, it can't do it. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm just a big reposter. And I heart the good stuff. And yeah, I keep it at that. Mm. Um, so my, my Twitter is not really anything to write home about. But Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Facebook. And I also have a YouTube channel called SG Comms Corner, which is all things um, branding, personal branding, um, entrepreneurship, and um, uh, and events management and, mm. and all the good things that we do. Awesome, awesome. Sese, to thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Um, I know that this is going to be one that is impactful for so many women because there's so much about your story and your observations that we can resonate with. So thank you very much and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Workplace Revolution with Sile Balani. I will see you again next time. <laughs>